1: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing
2: is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all
1: to hear.
3: Hey guys, we're back for another week of Tiz the Podcast, the podcast dedicated to keeping the Christmas spirit alive 365 days a year. I'm Julia. Hi, Julia. <laughs> hi tom hi anthony hi, anthony
2: <laughs> hi y'all long time no speak i know I,
0: I i forgot how we do intros it's been so long <laughs> this is one of our longest breaks in almost five years now five years it's
2: five years this year it's crazy it's crazy it doesn't feel that long
3: it doesn't not at all Just the other day we were really awkward covering elf for the first time. (laughs) And editing took like six hours and
2: just the other day we were doing our little meet the elves episode, and Tom was like, There's no judgment here. This is a safe space. And then that went out the window (laughs) fast. There's lots of judgment here. (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) That's funny. How was your anniversary trip, Julia? It
3: was great. So thank you for letting me take a week off for that. Um, It was good. We went to Big Cedar and we did lots of fun stuff. I took a painting class and the most fun thing we did was the couple's shotgun clay shooting session for an hour, which was so much fun. I have never shot a shotgun before and now I want to do it again. It was so much fun. How'd your shoulder feel? It wasn't bad. My arms were sore than my shoulder really. was. Yeah. Yeah. Our instructor was amazing. Um, 23-year-old kid who's been shooting shotguns since he was like eight or 10. <laughs> and he was a ton of fun to learn from. So it was great. It was an awesome week. And uh, as as <laughs> Tom can definitely attest to, but I imagine Anthony has probably had experiences like this as well. After a glorious week away, I came home to... Jude has strep throat now. Marty has strep throat now. Marty was around his boss and exposed him to COVID on Monday. And the guy came down with 103 degree fever Tuesday. And that's our week back. (laughs) Ethan stayed home from school one day with a quasi tummy bug. And I'm like, okay, back to reality.
2: Isn't it amazing how that always happens right after vacation?
3: Never fails. So it was a wonderful week followed by a less than wonderful week so far. Except for the fact that we're talking again, I'm always happy about that. What have y'all been up to?
0: We got a puppy.
3: Oh man, she's so cute. Are y'all sleeping much? Love good.
0: I'm <laughs> not. I'm sleeping with her in the living room, so my family can get sleep.
2: I did that when Larry first came home too. Newborn, right?
0: She's she's a lot of fun though. She's got a great personality. It's kind of weird to. Uh... It's kind of weird to like your pet.
2: (laughs) I I forgot you didn't, you don't talk fondly about
0: Buddy and the other one. Buddy's gotten sweet. I can't say anything. He's gotten really sweet. He takes, he's good with Ellie.
2: (laughs) They always do when they get older. That's when they get sweet. And you're like, why weren't you this sweet when you were young? Now we don't have more time. (laughs) Buddy
0: has, Buddy, we had to take Buddy to the vet though, because he was just not being himself. And seven hundred and seventy-seven dollars later, we find out he needs a. Oper- he needs an operation.
2: Oh. For, for what?
0: Bladder stones.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, he has to
0: go okay. on prescription food for the rest of his life. So, I think he just decided he wanted to be our most expensive pet, and so he's trying to give Luna a run for her.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh. They are. That was a shock when I got Larry because cats were not too, The cats were not expensive at the vet. Then you take Larry, and all of a sudden, this big old creature is like, "Why are you charging me like three hundred dollars more than you were charging for the cat?" Oh my gosh! <laughs> That's
0: what, we cheaper. got insurance. We got health insurance for Luna.
2: Yeah, I keep meaning to do that. Just basic. Uh,
0: do it. It's cheaper when they're younger.
2: Yeah. And cheaper before, <laughs> and I'll qualify before he gets sick one day. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. So. don't know we'll see how it works out i'm not sure it's gonna be worth it but we're gonna try it
2: cool Hmm.
3: puppy business
0: anthony how are you doing i see you're taking mental health more seriously in this year and doing things for 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 anthony which makes me happy i am pervert
2: uh, One of my favorite parts about social media nowadays Is no matter what I post Or (laughs) comment on a random thing in my feed Before the day's out (laughs) Tom will have a reply That just says pervert No matter what it is well,
0: I think it, I think the Facebook algorithm has done something because you're one of the first posts I see because I don't spend much time on social media. So if I click, you know, just to see what's going on, it'll say, Anthony did blah, blah, blah. And I just don't even look at what it is. Anymore. <laughs> I just see your picture and write pervert. And I'm waiting for – because I'm doing it on things that are not like – That are your comments on random big things. I'm waiting for somebody to respond.
2: (laughs) The other day, when I posted my story about my Peloton workout, you know, the picture of me sweaty on the bike, Tom just replied to me my story. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Goodness. Uh, It's much-needed humor, though. Uh, You know, last time we talked, my grandma was very sick, and now she is no longer with us, which is sad but uh i gave the eulogy which is nice
0: it's that awful double-edged sword isn't it like it it's is. really sad but it's a relief and then you feel guilty because you feel relieved but you know you're relieved because it's better for the it's just this
2: horrible mm-hmm. i see it's like a cycle thing. yeah exactly and you know i have awesome friends in the christmas podcast network who sent me this awesome basket so thank you both two of you and thank the rest of you who chipped in. Y'all know who you are.
0: I stand by what I said that we had all these people who are like, oh, I wish I would have known. I would have contributed. I would have contributed. I just replied, I didn't want to.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I love how that was your level up comment as well on Discord. How that was my what? Your level up comment. (laughs) I know.
0: I don't. I don't know if you saw that, Julia. I was like, I didn't want to I didn't want to uh, contribute. But uh, and then it's like, congratulations! You leveled up on Discord. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, you know, though there were some good things the past week. Did y'all watch the Harry Potter reunion special on HBO?
3: Not yet. I heard it's wonderful, though.
2: It is wonderful.
3: I'm so excited you about it.
2: Getting all nostalgic and like you'll cry like four times. It was oh yeah perfect.
3: Hands down. Absolutely.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: No, I just got annoyed that all the JK Rowling stuff came up. And did you see Eddie Izzard jump to her defense last week?
2: Isn't he <laughs> transgender Isn't Eddie, person?
0: Um, Eddie has very interesting things to say. He said that her stuff was taken out of context. Ooh. And that given what she was talking, I don't know. You should just go read what Eddie Izzard had to say. Eddie is oh, not she a was a- he, he or she anymore. Eddie is just Eddie
2: hmm okay well she was not in the special i know they she just wasn't. used archived footage of her and they don't really mention her by name when they mention the author so that was interesting it was it, you know you will cry though like it's almost like the oscars at one point they do an in memoriam for all the people no longer with us like alan oh. rickman and richard harris and people like that and that is like heartbreaking yeah that's gonna be rough we started Harry
0: Potter with Ellie.
3: Oh my goodness. How's <gasps> oh, she enjoying going? it?
0: She loves it. We're doing the illustrated oh, yeah. versions. And then we watched that uh, the the Harry Potter Tournament of Houses or whatever specials.
2: Oh yeah, is that any good? Helen
0: Mirren hosts that, right? She does. She does. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. Um, Slytherin is Slytherin. But, yeah. The, guy, there's the, the the only thing I don't like about the show is one of the guys from Slytherin is like, so he said Umbridge is his favorite character from the series, just to give you an idea of the kind of person he is. Mm. I
2: was about to say, that's, that's a red flag right there. That is a big red flag. It's like,
0: yeah, nobody likes Like,
2: Umbridge. legit red flag. Well, like, if yeah. I was on the dating scene and I was like, oh, you, you like a couple too. Him.
0: Yeah, I, that would be the last date. Yeah, <laughs> Anthony would be like, okay, I'm sorry, sir, this date is over. We are not dating anymore. I will not date you, sir. I um, like that. That's the bigger issue than the fact that he's a man and you're not, <laughs> and, and you're heterosexual. I like that. That's your that's your, your the same as umbridge.
2: There are some red lines you don't cross, Tom, and Professor Umbridge is one of them. She
0: she is she is.
2: Um, so Batgirl just started filming in Glasgow, and Michael Keaton's coming back for Bat as Batman in oh, that. goodness! And they started decorating Glasgow for Christmas because it's a Christmas movie. set at Christmas. Gotham City in Christmas
1: time. Oh, coming out
2: this Christmas. Fun. So. Uh,
3: that's magical.
2: Yeah. So another one for the list next year.
3: Yeah, man. Anything with Michael Keaton in
2: it. Michael Keaton, Batman, and Christmas. So
3: we've done that before.
2: Yeah, we have.
1: We must again. like
2: Gotham City in winter. Who <laughs> doesn't? <laughs> oh man!
3: Uh, well, we're not talking about Ma- Batman tonight. Um, we're not. Not even on the same.
0: Unprepared.
3: Waylaying <laughs> for Batman yeah. tonight. Um, okay, so tonight we are covering a nineteen ninety six romantic comedy. Could you even call it that? I'm not sure. Um, The Preacher's Wife with Denzel Washington and Whitney Houston. Um, It is a remake of The Bishop's Wife that Cary Grant was in. And it's got some pretty big cast members that I'm pretty excited to talk about.
2: And it it was originally not going to be Whitney Houston. No, it wasn't. That would have been an entirely different movie with the cast. Do you think? Because I was th- I was thinking, like, I could totally see this as a Julia Roberts movie.
3: It would have been a totally Like this
2: movie. premise.
3: Yeah. That would have been very different. Um, okay. So The Preacher's Wife. Let's do a little plot synopsis and we'll do histories. And then we will start to talk about this pretty great cast. And see if the pretty great cast equals a pretty great movie. All right. Good-natured Reverend Henry Biggs finds that his marriage to choir mistress Julia is flagging due to his constant absence caring for the deprived neighborhood they live in. On top of all this, his church is coming under threat from property developer Joe Hamilton. In desperation, Reverend Biggs prays to God for help, and help arrives in the form of an angel named Dudley. However, Dudley's arrival seems to cause even more trouble.
2: Have we covered something where there is an angel named Dudley before? Why did that name sound familiar for an angel before? I'm it not thinking of the familiar. bishop. Sort, by the way. But,
3: but I thought it was just because of this movie, for me. Because I've seen this movie quite a few times.
2: So you like this movie, then? Your I will history? say there is
0: no angel named Dudley in Judeo-Christian belief system.
3: We'll put a pin in that. <laughs>
0: Okay. Following I up to sure on that, we addressed that early on
3: <laughs> angel culture and movies is always a little tricky. Um, so let's do overall feelings. Then we'll go into cast Anthony. What are your overall feelings with the preacher's wife?
2: Well, I remember seeing commercials for this, like on TBS or TNT all the time when I was younger, they don't show it as much anymore. I've never actually seen this movie until <laughs> watching it for this podcast. Ah, uh, it was pretty much what I expected from the commercials and from a movie with Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington. I, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it. It's not, it's not the greatest thing ever. I, right. it's better than okay. I, I liked it. Right. But I didn't. Yeah. I'm not enthusiastically. Oh, you have to watch it. But I liked it. <laughs>
3: nice. <laughs> what about you, Tom?
0: I landed on the positive side of okay.
3: Okay. Was this the first time you'd seen it for the podcast?
0: It was. It was. Um, So I I think my big issue with it was, the reason I'm saying I I didn't love it and I probably should watch it again is I had really high expectations with a bill like Whitney Houston and Denzel Washington. I I have a really, that set a really high bar for me. Mm -hmm. And it just didn't, it wasn't what I thought thought it would be. I didn't think this was either of their greatest roles, but I did enjoy the film, and I think maybe I would have a better view if those two people didn't um, come with... if I didn't have so much history with those two actors. yeah,
2: I do want to... I do want to piggyback on that. But I will I will stick up for them and say Denzel Washington could be in the crappiest movie ever, and he's still charming and charismatic as heck. Like you still enjoy everything he's in. Whereas Whitney Houston, I know I went on this rant before, in terms of singers who make the jump to acting, she's on the better end of that. She is. She's still not great, Mm -hmm. but she's on the better end of it.
0: Well, and with my problem with this wasn't Denzel, it was the amount of Denzel I got. Not enough. I False
2: advertising had, for sure. Yes. I wish I
0: had more Denzel. That was my issue there. <laughs> okay. Or like I would really rather have maybe Denzel been the preacher and had a bigger role. Because also, um, what's his name playing the preacher just doesn't it's really hard to stand next to Denzel Washington, right? <laughs> On on film. Probably
3: he have, you probably agree with you. He
0: didn't he didn't carry what he needed his his role well enough. Anyway, we'll get into all that though, won't we?
3: I'm we will. Now. Julia, what'd you think? Um, okay. So I saw this movie in the theaters when it came out with my family. Um, so let me check my dates. Pretty sure it came out around Christmas time. I feel pretty strongly that this would be a smart time to drop this movie. Um, but I'm quite certain we saw it at our local AMC around Christmas in the heyday, I mean, this was Whitney Houston's heyday, right? Like, the late 90s, early, mid, late 90s was, like, absolutely, she was queen of everything. Um, and I loved this movie when I saw it with my parents. And my parents loved this movie. And we all loved this movie.
0: Um this was December 13th, our sophomore year of high school. There
3: you go. There you go. Um, Wait, which year was that? How old were you at 96?
2: I was in first grade. Oh my two. gosh! Just Anthony was still wearing. Assuming this came out the holiday season, if it was the December, September, December 13th. I would have been kindergarten. December thirteenth. So, yeah, oh my lord. Okay. Yeah,
1: so
2: Anthony was still in diapers. <laughs> uh, I was potty trained very young. I was more than, <laughs> more than fine by first grade.
3: Definitely not old enough to be lusting after either Whitney Houston or Denzel Washington. Which, let's face it, in the theater, you were one of the two. In 96, if you were (laughs) of a certain age. (laughs) Oh, why not both? So I have not seen this movie. I probably have a solid 12 or 13 years distance between the last time I watched this movie and watching it for the podcast. And a lot can change in 12 or 13 years uh, watching it as a younger person versus an older person. I don't love it like I loved it growing up, but I still have a very soft place in my heart for it. So we're
2: kind of all...
3: I think we're all the on the area. same page. I do think so.
2: Yes. I, I do have a question before we move on to the cast for both of y'all. Are you guys fans of the original Bishop's Wife? Or have you seen the original Bishop's Wife?
3: So I've seen it, but I couldn't tell you much about it. I think I saw it when I was probably a little too young for it to hit. It, I need to rewatch a it.
0: I yeah. probably need to rewatch before I can say that. Yeah, Based that, on that same based on what I've learned about myself and and nostalgia factor over the last five years, I'm really hesitant to commit to feelings to anything I haven't seen recently.
1: <laughs> right. Uh,
2: have you guys read the novella, the Bishop's wife in 1928? No, because if not, we should maybe consider that for our story. This upcoming year.
3: Oh, nice. I'm totally down
2: with it. Yeah. Anyway, just a thought. Okay.
3: All right. So speaking of story, Penny Marshall is our um, first big name to talk about when we're talking about this movie. Um, She directed. We
2: covered before.
3: When did we cover her before?
2: Pocus Pocus. Oh, okay, okay. but we've not
3: Terry Marshall. Yes, but we did. She direct it?
2: No, she didn't. Okay,
3: so we haven't covered her as a director, but we have covered her as Satan's wife. (laughs) Not actually Satan, but sort of Satan. <laughs> Madame Medusa. That's right. Um, so with respect to directing, since we did talk about her credits then, I mean, that's a pretty big name. Um, we agreed then. I'm sure we agree today. Penny Marshall's pretty great. She has some movies in her directorial library that we all love, um, namely Big, League of Their Own, Awakenings. So like really good stuff. So she's definitely got the chops. Um, as our cast goes, our main character, I would argue, um, is split between three people. So let's talk about the best one first. Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Whitney Houston. Uh, so this is the first time we're talking about Whitney Houston.
2: I, I I'm gonna have to challenge that, but we'll wait till my the best one for me.
3: <laughs> it's a very close tie between several of these people it it, 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 it is
2: let's face it yeah
3: it's a great it's a great great cast um whitney houston obviously is not known as much for her acting as she is for her singing but as far as acting goes she's most well known for playing rachel Marin in the bodyguard with kevin costner bodyguard yep (laughs) where she repopularized a dolly pardon song that's right um she was also in Waiting to Exhale. Repopularized.
2: I think we can agree as much as we love Dolly Parton. People think of Whitney Houston now with that song. <laughs> I would I would venture that a lot of people don't know it's even an, originally a Dolly Parton song unless you're a huge Dolly fan. The older we get, the more people don't have any idea. That's a Dolly
3: Parton song for sure. Yep. Um, She was also in Waiting to Exhale. Um. She was in the TV movie. <laughs> she was in the TV movie Cinderella with Brandy that she played the fairy godmother in.
2: I remember that movie.
3: Yep. And then the last thing she acted in before she passed away, sadly, um, very early in her career, was Sparkle. She played Emma in Sparkle, which I think was another movie themed, music themed movie. Cause why put Whitney Houston in a movie if she ain't gonna sing? she does a lot of in this movie. Are we Whitney Houston fans?
2: I'm a fan of her as a singer a lot more so than an actress.
3: Yes, absolutely. Her singing was just so much a part of growing up for me. She's always on the radio. And when I was like, I mean, from the 80s into the 90s and all of that, that she's just very important, especially to people that are from. Wasn't she from Houston? Maybe not. That's Beyonce. Never mind. All right. Second biggest <laughs> cast member. <laughs>
2: no, she is from Newark. Newark, New Jersey, okay. where this movie was also shot.
3: Oh. How about that? Um, okay. So then let's cover my second most favorite person in this movie, Denzel Washington, who we shockingly have made it through five years in the podcast without covering him, although there's not a ton of Christmas stuff. In his library. Is there
2: any Christmas stuff besides this?
3: Um not outright Christmas stuff. There might be some sneaky stuff that's set at Christmas time that we just haven't realized okay. yet because nobody suggested it. But got it, got it. when we're talking about Denzel Washington, I mean I could talk for days about all the good stuff he's been in, but you probably know him first from glory. I know him first from Glory anyway. But he was also in such great movies as Mississippi Masala, Malcolm X, Much Ado About Nothing, The Pelican Brief, Philadelphia. And this is like literally three years between some of these titles. So like- Training Day? Yeah. Crimson Tide, Devil in a Blue Dress, Courage Under Fire.
2: He got- Remember the Titans? Oh, so good. I love that movie. Such a good movie.
3: He got
0: John Game. John
2: Q one. Good one. That is.
0: a good one. Oh, John Sportsball Q was one. really a moving movie. Yeah. Uh,
3: Man on that Fire. He was in the Manchurian Candidate remake with, um, what's his name? Meryl Street and Liev Schreiber. Liev Schreiber, yep. yeah. That was a good movie too. That was a good movie. Uh, the Taking of Pelham One Two Three, The Book of Eli, Safe House, The Equalizer, right. Equalizer 2. Flight. Yep. Um, he was Chisholm in the Magnificent Seven, which was totally schmaltzy remake, but I really quite liked it because <laughs> I I did too like that. Western remakes. Um, and then upcoming, I'm pretty darn excited about it. It's actually getting some press lately with him in interviews. Is um, the tragedy of Macbeth? He's branching out, stepping oh, back you didn't see, into. Did not see that yet?
2: Is it out? I thought it went straight to streaming because people have been commenting on it who haven't been to theaters like all over Twitter. So I I have no idea
3: if it's straight to streaming, I'm going to find it.
2: Check HBO because it's getting rave like from average people. But yeah, I'm excited to watch that too. I just haven't yet.
3: Yeah. And he's, I mean, he hasn't tiptoed back into Shakespeare since much do about nothing, but um, so I'm excited to see that.
2: He was also in the Broadway revival of Raisin in the Sun, which did y- y'all, y'all must have covered that in high school, right? Yes. I loved that play. We did. School. Yeah. I'm curious to know, what's your favorite Denzel? If you had to pick one, and I know it's hard because he's in so much amazing stuff. I think Remember the Titans is probably my favorite Denzel. Me too! Yeah. I love that movie. With John Q being a very close second. Yeah. That movie is so emotional and so that good. That movie
0: is really hard to watch as a parent. Yeah. I like him as a bad guy.
3: Ooh. Yeah. He can do it all.
0: I mean, and I, I really, lo- I mean, mm-hmm. he did a great job in, like, Antoine Fisher. Mm-hmm. The, the, the Manchurian Candidate was great. But I really like him in, like, action roles, too. You know, Equalizer, Safe House, Training Day.
2: I'm d- i throwing
0: this out so there fun. right now. Oh,
3: they he was also so in fun.
0: Philadelphia.
3: Yeah.
0: Julia so did much... say that. I know I didn't hear that part, sorry. So much good, so much good, Denny. There's so much good.
2: Yeah. They, I will I'll throw this out right now. Supposedly J J. Abrams and WB and Tanisha I don't know how to pronounce the name, Tanisha Coates. They're working on a black led Superman film with a black cast. Oh. He'd make an amazing Lex Luthor if you want a bad guy shave his head he'd be great
3: oh i would watch that i would watch that um so we're all denzel fans <laughs> love denzel and he's an angel and
0: again is, that one of those red, is he one of those red flag people for you anthony if you don't like denzel there's
2: something wrong. yes i was about to say last week we talked oh. about how maggie smith is one of those he's oh. one of those too you don't like denzel what's wrong what's with wrong you? with you that's
0: solid what's the matter you face what's- What's the matter with your, your face? face?
3: What's the matter with your face? <laughs> <laughs> okay, playing, um, continuing with our amazing cast, uh, playing Reverend Henry Biggs, so Whitney Houston's husband in this movie, is Courtney B. Vance, who we have covered in Office Christmas Party. So love him, but not going to dig back into his A little credits.
0: different role here.
3: Let's, let's, S- S- slightly different.
2: He was great as Johnny Cochran in The People versus OJ Simpson <laughs> on FX. <laughs> didn't watch that that's very good on my
3: voodoo speaking of very good everything's
2: on my voodoo everything
3: is on your voodoo yeah um speaking of not just good but great somebody else we've also covered but we're gonna say her name again because we gotta jennifer lewis plays uh whitney houston's mother in this movie um we covered her previously in dolly pardon's christmas on the square Mm-hmm. where we got to hear her <laughs> sing and act, and we don't get to hear her sing in this one, which is a bit of a bummer. Um, but you know, it's uh, I, I
2: take issue with your word, your usage of the term act, because I don't think anyone was acting in that movie.
1: I don't know <laughs> what they were doing.
3: But <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Um, our precious, precocious... Child actor, um, Whitty Houston and Courtney B. Vance's child, and he plays a pivotal role with the Dudley stuff because, as in most movies that involve children, our kids are a little more tuned to the supernatural. So, um, Justin Pierre Edmond plays Jeremiah Biggs, who is Pastor's kid. I um, mean, he's the first one that um, sees he's-
2: Dudley. He's adorable. he's adorable, and I just want and I'll say right now because people know I have an issue with all these kid actors. I really, really like this kid actor. So weird.
3: So you actually did not mind little Justin Pierre Edmund then as a kid actor. I thought he was pretty great.
2: I did too. Yeah, and plus, besides being like cute. a decent actor, he's just very cute. He's yeah. very cute, which is definitely a check mark in the column for kid actors. Like sure. be- I think that you know, it matters. goes a long way. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, He has not been in much. So he really had like a six year run for four to six year run on acting uh, that started with this movie and ended with a movie in the year 2000. Once in the life moves um, on law episode, of Law and order and then some other movies I'm really not familiar with. So short, a little career and good for him. You need to stay normal kiddo. All right. (laughs) Um, Let's branch into some of our other characters that are outside of the family proper. Um, Our villain is Joe Hamilton. He is a real estate developer that is looking to bulldoze the church. Spoiler alert. Um, Played by the great Gregory Hines, who we also have not covered yet on the podcast, which kind of surprises me a little bit. Um, He does have a Christmas movie. We need to add – what is this? It's called Santa Baby, and it is a Rankin-Bass animated movie with a African-American family.
2: Give me all I of that. I have never seen that. No. And what the heck, Freeform and AMC? you show every other Rankin-Bass thing. I mean, that's a little sketchy. Right? You guys don't show that one.
3: I mean that has a cast of Patty LaBelle, Vanessa Williams, Eartha Kitt as voice what? actresses. Like, we need to put this one. Yeah, on our you, list.
2: you would think they would show that one a lot, yeah. along with the others. That's sketchy. That's really sketchy. Now sketchy. That, you mentioned that,
3: that might be one of the first Rankin and Bass I quite enjoy. So let's put that one on the list. But um, I mean, Gregory Santa Hines, Baby I think we're done with Santa Rankin Baby. Bass.
0: We keep coming back to it. I don't know.
3: <laughs> keep hoping I it'll mind. get better.
2: They pull you back in. <laughs>
3: uh, so Gregory Hines, um, he started off with history of the world as far as acting is concerned. Um, History of the World part one. He was in the Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, fairy tale theater, which I have definitely talked about before. I love, love, love fairy tale theater. Um, he was in that one, which probably the first time I think I remember consciously seeing him. That or The Muppets Take Manhattan. Um, he's known for being somewhat of a dancer. I don't know. He's fine. Just kidding. He's amazing. And uh, he's been in Sesame he Street. He he dances? Um, he was in Renaissance Man, which I really like that movie as well. You know, Danny DeVito teaching Shakespeare to military guys? Y'all remember that movie? It's another Penny Marshall movie. It's quite good.
2: I don't remember it. Oh,
3: it's great. I loved it. Um, He was in Waiting to Exhale as well. Um, He had his own TV show for about two years. He's a voice actor in the Little Bill animated show, which I adored when it was on television. It's so good. (laughs) He's Big Bill. That's right. (laughs) um <laughs> that's what it says right hi friend yeah hello, hi friend.
2: Friend.
3: hello friend and uh
2: which makes the story of his death all the more tragic yeah that's Aww. right
3: that's right he is no longer that's with the us the last
2: thing he said to the guy he was helping like about the, the car hello friend and then he got boom shot Very that's very sad. That very oh my sad. Gosh, that's awful yep.
3: um are we gregory Hines fans yes yes how do we feel about him as a villain there's a quasi-villain in this one. Not a bad, bad, bad guy, but just a bad guy.
2: Typical Christmas bad guy. Yeah, How many of these right. Christmas movies have like a real estate developer <laughs> come in and demolish the town or the church or something? This is very accurate. I feel like we've covered that a few times.
3: Yeah, we have. Aren't
2: they just bad
0: people in general?
3: <laughs> real estate developers?
2: They're yeah. just trying to make a living, Tom.
1: <laughs> you say so.
3: All right. I'm um, playing Reverend Henry Biggs's secretary is Loretta Devine, who I have to mention because she plays great parts in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, she has a history on A Different World, Murphy Brown, like tons and tons of television, as well as quite a few Christmas movies we have not gotten to yet. We need to. So we will definitely see her again. She's delightful to me. She always makes me laugh. She?
2: She was in that cheap scream knockoff in the 90s urban legend with um, the Noxema girl. What was her name?
1: Rebecca Gayhart
2: and Jared Leto. But yeah, she was in that. She was the security guard at the college. Oh, that's right. Anyway,
3: she's great. And she's a nice comic relief in this particular one. Plus, she has a side love story. With none other than Paul Bates um, from uh, *Coming to America*, who is in this movie as well with a pretty small part, but some funny stuff going on there.
2: Did y'all ever end up seeing *Coming to America* too? I have no. not, oh, guys. You want to talk about a sequel that tarnishes the original? Oh. Man, I would avoid it. So
3: we shouldn't watch it.
2: I would avoid it at all You're costs. Saying, man.
3: Don't watch it. <laughs> that's how I feel about the Sex and the City reboot. I'm not touching that thing with a 10 foot pole.
2: I mean, that's just bad. Yeah, it looks bad.
3: And then, in a teeny tiny little part, but we have to mention him. Lionel Richie is also in this movie. Um, he sings a teensy little bit, not really that much, which is kind of funny as well. Um, he's
2: his first ever acting role.
3: The, is it was this his first acting role? How About that, mm-hmm. I mean, he was with great bedfellows, right? Imagine being on this set.
2: Yes, good. Although I would put him firmly in the category that singers don't necessarily translate to. Act.
3: Yeah, I don't know. His his ability was scaled well to his role in this movie. He had like three minutes of screen time, and he was a schmaltzy club guy. It worked. All right. The preacher's life. Okay, so what do we have? Um, our main mm-hmm. conflict exists between our reverend and his life. <laughs> Let's be honest; um, he is a really great person. So we we see on the front-loaded part of the movie that he is struggling with lots of things that I would imagine you you probably connect mm-hmm. most reverends struggling with, right? Um, he is both trying to protect his church, the building, so it can stay open. He's trying to protect his church as the people um, in their different things. So family issues. Um, he has a, a grandma that lives across the street from him that is his son's, whose grandson is his son's, best friend um, and grandson's having to go into the foster system because grandma can't take care of him because his parents aren't it's around. It is heartbreaking. Um, he's got kids that are in the wrong place at the wrong time and are in jail, that he's trying to get out of jail, trying to get out of a bad situation. And he's one man trying to do so good, right? It's his calling. And he's stretched super duper thin. And this makes him tense. And that tenseness, tense. tense is that even a word? Yeah. The tenseness? The tenseness?
1: Tension.
3: The tension. Tension. <laughs> tenseness is not comfortable <laughs> to say. Um, that tension affects his marriage with his wife. So Whitney Houston plays Julia Biggs. She, because she can sing like no none other, is the lead <laughs> Um kind of choral program uh, person at the church. So she leads the choir. She does the music, like everything. Um, And she's the preacher's wife. And that kind of comes with its own thing in most churches, right? She kind of has to pick up all those loose end pieces and make it work while he focuses on the bigger projects. Um, So their marriage is strained because he's not around. And even though he's doing good things when he's not around, he's still not around. That's a problem. Um, Mm -hmm. So what does he do? Because he's a preacher, he prays, God, I need help. Like, I need help. And God's answer to that is sending Denzel Washington to earth.
2: He what? is Deadly. And how many non religious women do you think saw this movie back in the day and started praying, and praying to an God? That's a Denzel Washington.
3: <laughs> <laughs> That'd be God sent me a Dudley. <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> so,
3: Dudley comes to earth and So in this movie, and correct me if if I misinterpreted it, because when I was a kid, I didn't, this didn't resonate at all. Um, Dudley was previously a human being who died too soon, became an angel, and this is his mission for like ascending all the way?
2: I thought I I thought that was it. I thought this was essentially his version of Clarence to get his wings. Yes, he right. to help this guy in this community. Right. And l- Tom, yeah. metaphys- Angel Metaphysics. Let's go. Not how it works. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which Humans was funny. And angels
0: are separate things. Yeah. Some angels have six wings, many eyes. I mean, this isn't what they look like. <laughs> There are a lot of angels that don't look like this. They don't Not look, what like a Denzel. A cherubim look like tenseless. Not what a cherubim or a seraphim look like.
2: But no, humans I, don't I, die and become
0: angels. Period. I, like... I can't
2: wait to see Tom's uh, Christmas movie one day where the angels come down with the six eyes and the six wings <laughs> straight and, like, there were a group straight
0: terrifying. There were a group of people who were doing like uh last year who were doing like posting like biblically accurate pictures of angels and they made me laugh.
2: Oh. Well I, I saw some, I saw that I saw something like that on Reddit and somebody pointed out it's no wonder every time an angel appears to somebody in the Bible, they freak out about that's what they look like. Right. <laughs> yeah. The first <laughs> words
3: that of the angels' mouths are always like, yo, hold up. <laughs> I am not here to kill you. Chill. Okay.
0: All of the angels that people interact with are archangels which are presented in a human like form in scripture.
3: Okay. So Dudley ain't no archangel, that's for sure. Because you –
0: He's not even an angel. He's a dead dude. Well,
3: yeah. So right from the (laughs) get-go, when we meet meet Dudley, initially, when he hits the ground and starts to play in the snow, he's like full of joy to be back on Earth. Um, Not just because he has a mission. I think he's excited about his mission. But there's definitely a longing for the life that was cut short, perceptively. We don't get a lot of flavor on how it was cut short. But, like, he goes to hot dog stands and he just starts to, like, try all the food that he missed so much, which I feel it. <laughs> I feel that <laughs> food is really important to me as well. And if I were in this odd angel-type situation, that's probably the first thing
2: I would do as well. Um, well, your daughter Hannah watched Supernatural, right? yes. She's watching it so I It was the angel of death. It was death. Right. Who, uh, every time he came, he was on the show, he was eating junk food. He just loved human food. So every time they had to deal with anything, like a hot dog or pizza or something. Oh, I love it.
3: Um. So then, so Deadly, so- it, it, and it's interesting, Tom, because when I was a kid, so a sophomore in high school, I – I've been in church long enough to know that people don't die and become angels, but like the Denzel angel thing didn't bother me. I was like, I'm going to suspend reality and just enjoy Dudley as he is. And I'm going to roll with this story. And that's a certain extent how I enjoy the movie today as well. Um, But yeah, but it's not, I mean, it is a Penny Marshall version of a angel, right? Like I fully accept that.
2: I do have a question for you. Tom, well, both of you, technically, in terms of angels, we've seen Denzel, Don Cheadle, the guy in Three Days. Like, I know there, everyone has. <laughs> I know, wow, they're all black, actually. Now to think about it, <laughs> but anyway, the point. Well, the point is, I know that, um, you know, none of them are biblically accurate, mm. obviously. But which movie do you think did it best there, Tom? Which one is the least offensive to you in the portrayal?
0: One Magic Christmas.
1: Oh, don't do that! (laughs) (laughs) Don't go there. That is not okay.
0: Saving Christmas. The whole movie is Kirk Cameron as an angel.
3: (laughs) Uh, I'm have to think on that one. I don't know. That's an interesting question. What about you, Julie? I think Don Cheadle might be might be mine, and only because the second part of this movie is where I really was like, I don't love this. This is making well,
2: me highly uncomfortable.
3: Yes, a little bit. A little uncomfortable. See,
2: that would have made more sense to me if he was like a ghost and not an angel. Right. He,
0: he is a yeah. ghost. They're just trying to tell him he's an angel. I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: That's
3: so funny. He is Patrick's. You know who did Ghost best was, was Ghost, was Patrick Swayze. Same thing, right?
2: Did y'all... Did y'all ever see the movie with John Travolta as the angel as Michael? I forgot who directed it. I remember it was huge, yep. like in the nineties. Care not at all for John Travolta, so that's a no. It's a hard. But you remember it, right? Because oh I yeah. Didn't he, like and drink weird. and stuff? Yeah. It was a, It was another one where he, the angel was acting like so. I, un- re- <laughs> an angel. I
3: remember my mother being so offended, probably one by the Travoltiness, but two by the booze. And an angel that it surpassed the fact that the angel lore was wrong, oh. and it was like she's this like out I'm out not watching that. That
2: came out in '96 as well. Oh, how about a that?
3: Figure for angels. When did City of Angels come out? If we're talking angels,
2: '98.
3: What do we? Oh, '98. What do we think of Nick Cage as an angel? He was an angel.
2: Yeah. Oh, in City of Angels. In City of Angels, dog. <laughs> oh, we just mentioned that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that, that was an Wrong. interesting... That People. was, like, goth angel. Like, a gothy take on angels. Like
2: Well, it's practice, because he was just cast as Dracula in a movie. Oh, it's practice.
3: Is it everything practice for Nick Cage? Let's see if this works. Let's see if this sticks to the wall. <gasps> um. Okay, so... Deadly comes to Earth, and... See? Go
2: ahead. I was going to say, you mentioned he he always ate the food and he was loving life at first. Can I tell you my favorite thing is when he starts hanging around and what's her name? The secretary starts (laughs) thinking he's trying to steal her job. That made me laugh so much. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Yeah. Because he he spends a good part of the front half of the movie. He introduces himself to Biggs pretty straight away. And what is the obvious reaction Biggs is like? okay, crazy person, like an angel from God. I don't think so, which is equally funny, right? As it is a little like, dude, you're totally <laughs> missing the point. Um, So then Denzel Washington has to keep, Dudley has to keep trying to get in the same space as Biggs because that's his job. Like he's got to do that. And he's a little motivated to do his job. So yeah, that's when we get funny interactions with um, the secretary and We get funny interactions with Whitney Houston's mother. So Jennifer Lewis thinking he is fine, which he is. (laughs) And um, so we start to build a relationship with Dudley um, and the family, right? And how it affects all of them. So the little boy knows he's an angel pretty much from the get-go because Dudley tells him, but he's like, you can't tell anybody. It's a super, super secret. Um, And so... Obviously, the kid. Which is
2: a nice Christmas trip. trope. Usually it we is. see it with Santa. That's right. Where Santa's always like, oh, I'm Santa. And the kid believes him, but Don't none tell of the adults That's right.
3: Um, yeah. So he becomes a friend to the kid, friend and secretary. Um, you can see he's doing some inner workings in the background because she's got two kids but no husband. And there's the guy in the church who has no family. So you kind of attribute a lot of these comings together as deadly doing some work, doing good while he's he's there. Um, Whitney Houston, though, as Julia is distraught because she's just trying to support her husband and he doesn't seem to appreciate it. And he really doesn't seem to appreciate it. Um, And part of what rubs him the wrong way is that he inherited this church from her dad. Her dad used to be the pastor and now he's the pastor, so that's big shoes to fill. So he's completely overwhelmed. Um, Instead of turning to angel help, because he deadly keeps saying, I can help you. Um, He turns to real estate developer help. So Gregory Hines is in town and he wants to expand most of the area around the church and the church itself into a planned community, which is great for Gregory Hines and is not great for the people in the community. So this both affects Mm -hmm. his church and the people around it, which are also, quote, the church, Right. So he ends up making a quasi-deal with Gregory Hines to fix the church up. Um, He needs some money for the boiler. The boiler's out. It's cold. It's winter. um, And he thinks he's doing this really good thing. Uh, He does it without talking to his wife, which is typically a problem in most situations.
1: Yep.
2: That's a big no-no. That's a big (laughs) no-no. That's a big (laughs) no-no.
3: So they come to blows, not just with his distance, but also with him making this decision without consulting her or other people in the church for that matter, except for coming to America who they were totally in on it because they think money will fix the problem. So that leaves us with a conundrum. And that is that as Biggs is growing more distant from his wife, he's relying on Dudley, not as the angel, but as the helper. To say, just keep my wife happy so I can get this done. I got so much to do. So this is the part I don't love about this movie. Um, We see Dudley and the preacher's wife, so Whitney Houston, together more and more frequently. And, I mean, it's going to happen if you spend a lot of time with Whitney Houston, especially in a movie, and she's singing. You're going to fall in love with her.
2: There is chemistry. There is chemistry. Honestly, it makes you wonder, right? Like when he first appeared on Earth, he he saw him experiencing all these things he missed about being a human mm-hmm. being. Like, what other things did he miss? I was thinking that at this time. Well,
3: I mean, yeah, because is it implied that he didn't have a family or fall in love before he died? I don't, I, think I, it's I
2: don't know about implied
3: because that he's he smooth, alive? but. This whole love, infatuation, whatever
2: thing seems new to him also, right? I kind of got the impression he was kind of like Nick Cage before the angel visit in The Family Man. Like yeah. working very hard, overworked. His career was his life and he didn't have time for any of that other stuff.
3: And so That's this is his chance What to- they implied with
2: like a line of dialogue yep. in this movie. Yep.
3: Yeah. Yep. Okay. So as he spends more time with Julia, he is becoming more connected to Julia and interested in that whole situation. And she is also, and here is where my infidelity joke comes in (laughs) that I'm like, I don't enjoy that. Denzel could have loved her all he wanted to, and it would have been a lot less problematic to me versus the Julia starting to think that Denzel was...
2: A
1: possibility,
2: and this is where I mentioned for for a Christmas podcast we talk about infidelity a lot.
1: Do
3: (laughs) 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 so. I mean, did that bother you, Tom? Yeah, it's it seems heavier than it it did when I was a sophomore. I don't remember it this heavy when I was a sophomore.
2: What do you? what are you implying there by only asking Tom if it bothered him? Did you automatically assume don't I'd be okay with, the I I hadn't be okay with
3: it? I haven't gotten to you yet. I just know that you didn't see it as a sophomore in high school. <laughs> you saw it <laughs> late in life. But it was funny to me how, like, I I remembered sprinklings of that from when I was in high school. But watching it, like, later, married – it bothered me a lot more. I was like, oh, that is a lot more uncomfortable
2: than I remembered it being. It is. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting, though, like, the different tolerances. <laughs> like, the exceptions will make for certain movies and not others. Because mm-hmm. I remember you really liked Serendipity. Mm-hmm. Even yeah. in the rewatch, despite how she treated her I know. what was a fiance at the end yeah so it's, I just I find it all always find it interesting what all three of us are willing to give leeway sometimes but not
3: I mean context matters really so we're, talking about, yeah. <laughs> we're talking about we're talking about different contexts since I do like serendipity man y'all trash that movie I can't explain why I like that movie I than, that much. I just the cute sackiness I,
2: did, I didn't trash it I liked it mm. I did. It was
3: Tom that trashed it. That's right. It It was Tom that trashed
0: it. Yes, I'll own it. I I
3: trashed it. Okay. Um, So it's ironic. It's called a come to Jesus moment. But at a certain point, Biggs, in fact, has a come to Jesus moment. And he realizes doing a deal with the devil is probably not a great idea. Dudley actually takes it upon himself to visit Gregory Hines and say, I mean, yeah, I'm an angel, bro. And he freaks out a little bit. He's like, no, you're not. Are you? No, you're not. And so they start having a very real conversation. And Dudley calls him out on his crap.
1: Uh.
3: And this is all leading up to the great Christmas morning service that's going to be aired on TV, um, which was a Gregory Hines thing. So the real estate developer wants to look real good right? And how do you look real good? You support the local church. Um, so they're going to broadcast the sermon on television. Um, they've spruced the place up for the TV event. The choir worked on some really great music for it. Like it's going to be a whole production and the night before church that following morning for Christmas day, um, Biggs is working on a sermon and you kind of leave it as he doesn't know exactly what he's going to say. And he's a torn person and he knows what he should do and he knows what he's done and he knows what he hasn't done. And it's everything, right? Um, He has little moments of resolution before Christmas morning that kind of lead to this come to Jesus moment. He's able to use his influence as a pastor and his speaking skills, to get a kid that was wrongly accused out of jail and get him home for Christmas. Um, He also, um, and it's implied heavily throughout the movie, that the little boy's best friend, who's going to be sent to foster care, will be adopted by the pastor and his wife. You can see it coming a Mm -hmm. mile away. And you're hoping that's what happens. Um, And that is, in fact, what ends up happening. So our puzzle pieces start to click in before Christmas morning, but the big moment, is Christmas morning, and that's when Big steps up to the pulpit, and he has kind of a rocky start. And instead of going down the path he was going to go down, he gives a great sermon about loving one another or helping one another. And I mean, you could argue what the cute, the true spirit of Christmas is. Um, this in turn puts a change of heart into Gregory Hines, which he sort of has before he steps into church, but then it solidifies it when he's in church. And the church is saved. He's not going to real estate develop over everything. Church will be intact. And Biggs has found his footing as a pastor.
2: And, well, so we should mention, Dudley gave the Biggs family a beautiful Christmas tree, fully decorated, which I love that scene. But also when he goes Excellent. to church, he goes to church the next morning.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. He goes to church Christmas morning and nobody remembers him anymore. Right. He like erased all their memories, except for the kid. That's which right. is nice. Which is a nice him. touch. Yeah. The kid wished him a Merry Christmas. And I really like that. Yeah.
3: They had to do that. Yes. Because like she can't have some lingering latent feelings for, dudley the angel I mean, it's just like that would not be okay
2: i do love well it also, it i also also show that's that
0: what, that's what causes her to not have them anymore right
2: that was no. his that was his moment right that was yeah. his moment he gave up theoretically what was making him happy for the good of this family right he breaks their memories right I
3: do love – so he's walking through the parsonage before church that morning or during church. I can't remember the timing. And there's the super creepy part where he superimposes his face on Courtney B. Vance's face. So it looks like him and Julia are together married. And you hear thunder and he looks up like God is upset with him for doing this, which, uh, yeah, you think. And so the face changes back. But then he points to the tree and he gives this cute little look upwards like, can I? Thank you, and then you see the little tree topper is Dudley, the angel in his cute little blue suit and his hat, and it makes me incredibly happy. And for years after watching this movie in the theaters, I looked for a tree topper that looked like that. I mean, talk about a market. Find one on Etsy. Oh yeah, there's bound to be one. But like, they I can't there's believe they wouldn't be even like make some when the movie was out to have them.
2: Well, but. I think the movie was some biggest success. Probably not. No. Um, but, <laughs> I, to your point, Julia, where God was clearly angry because the thunder yeah. rumbled when he did that. I mean, Dudley said earlier in the movie, you had no idea what the competition is like just to be sent down here. <laughs> so he won, like, the lotto ticket to be sent right. down from God to help his family, and then he's abusing it. Yeah. So, yeah. He was <laughs> pissed off. Yeah. Kind of uh-huh. a problem. Stay in line there, Denzel. Which, Tom, what do you think the angel lottery is like to win... Tickets to go down, go down and help people. It'd
3: be steep, it's a high stakes lottery. There's a lot nonsense. of people that need help, though. This
0: is nonsense.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um. So, interesting fact: Whitney Houston was on drugs this entire production. Mm. She said to Oprah, "This is when she was big on her cocaine and marijuana use. There wasn't a day filming where she wasn't doing it."
0: I just usually assume she was on drugs if I see Whitney Houston.
2: Yeah. I mean, maybe that's why she was so into Denzel.
3: <laughs> oh. Speaking of her being so into Denzel, so you had mentioned earlier um, Denzel actually, like there was another Julia option pre-Whitney
2: Houston. Yes. Julia Denzel originally wanted Julia Roberts until he found out that Whitney Houston was available. Now I'm curious Julia because to me this movie feels very Julia Roberts (laughs) like the plot of it and I could totally have seen her in that role. Right. Less singing, obviously. Sure. But I could totally have seen her in that role he was going for. So I'm curious, like, Hmm. you can't or you just think it would be a different...
3: I can't see her as a preacher's wife. There's no part of me that can picture her as a preacher's wife. Plus, I think about all the things we would lose if she was Julia. Like, we would lose Jennifer Lewis, and that's a tragedy. And we would lose what is a... What is a...
2: What well, we talked about before. It's a very black black church is a very big cultural thing. It is. Right? It's
3: drastically yeah. different than
2: the white yeah. church.
3: They would put Julia in as the preacher's wife. What? Well, in <laughs> fairness, Julia Roberts married to a
2: black man. She could have been married to a black man, still a black preacher, preached at a black church. In fairness,
3: yeah, I don't see that working. Not Julia Roberts. No, I don't. I don't see he, that. he
2: he he made he made a good choice. Girl, yes,
3: I think. I think so
2: too. But. But there's part of me that would have liked to have seen the other version, what the movie could have been. There's always those what if scenarios of movies. Yeah. You're obviously, every time you see one of these castings, like that almost was, you're never going to get the same movie if that person was cast.
3: Right. So I was like,
2: imagining what that movie was going to be.
3: I mean, it'd be Runaway Bride, different, different storyline, but like, it'd be Runaway Bride. I'm so do I. <laughs> not to complain, but it would not be The Preacher's <laughs> Wife.
2: Um, yeah, I
3: don't – I say I don't think this movie works in white culture, but it's been a minute since I've seen Bishop's Wife. Um, so apparently it worked at some point. But That's, yeah, I would argue – Cary Grant can
0: do it. That's about as white as it gets. He,
3: right. But I would – and. And I would almost make a bet that if I watch The Bishop's Wife tomorrow, I would still like A Preacher's Wife more because there is something more churchy feeling. And by churchy, I mean where the entire community is a family, right? That's that's it. In black, black, black culture.
2: A, I, I told this story. There was a black church right down the street from me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm obviously white. I go to a white Catholic church black church you don't seem very everyone seems to want to be there yeah where if you go to a white church a lot of times a lot of people a lot of people seem like it's an obligation to go right yeah like everyone at black church is happy and enthusiastic and welcoming you walk past that church on a sunday when they're letting out mm-hmm. oh hi how are you sir god bless have a great weekend friendliest people you ever meet i walk past the white church when flooding out like <laughs> don't I make eye it. contact like it's it's more it is that's more of that communal feeling yeah And i'm not saying like before anyone gets offended this thing all churches are the same they're not obviously but it is the perception in popular culture mm-hmm. and there's just that bigger perception where the black church as it's known is much more positive and community and welcoming and right like that. and so i think that is i i will be curious to watch the bishop's wife mm-hmm. i think it's on i think it's We're this year, scheduled right? for later this year nice. yeah. like is it like because this was a community is the bishop's wife more about how you know he's trying to save the church like the whole as a whole mm-hmm. including the people like i'll be curious because it's different feel yeah i'm guessing
3: yeah I bet it is too.
2: Um,
3: and I think, I mean, they've got Whitney Houston for a reason. And if you have Whitney Houston, you've got to work music into it. And the music in this movie is fantastic. Um, and I don't think I mean, you get that level of importance in a white church community with the music as you do in, in this setting for a preacher's wife. So it's like everything worked better for me. And that, again, that's without watching Bishop's Wife in a million years. Um, but I am interested to see what ends oh, up being a better, fair. and they might be so different that we don't even compare them to each other. I don't know. Um,
2: so I do have one quote and it's from the kid.
3: What is it? What is your quote? He had a great kid? quote.
2: Just because you can't see the air doesn't keep you from breathing. And just because you can't see God doesn't keep you from believing. That is good. I like that. He was so cute. He was
3: adorable. I liked when Denzel Washington was in his room, Dudley, sorry, when Dudley was in his room and he was he made the little uh, ambulance work again, and it it actually had sirens, and the kid was like, "Has never had sirens before. He's like, oopsie. <laughs> he overshot a little bit, which I thought was great.
2: Would you say this is a Christmas movie or a movie set at Christmas?
0: A movie set at Christmas.
3: A movie set at Christmas.
2: I, yeah, I would agree. I mean, they do have the big Christmas scene at the end at the church, but that could that have really kind of, taken place any time.
3: Movie. Yeah.
2: Right. No, I Yep. I agree. Yeah. You can throw
3: that
0: it
2: feels the like the Christmas tree there at the end was almost an afterthought, too. Like, it was more like, it felt more like a winter movie, almost.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um. Okay. it have a Linus moment?
3: Yeah, it had a Linus moment, for sure.
2: What moment? I think it
0: was when Whitney's brain was erased and she forgot she wanted to. <laughs> no, I was
2: going to say, too. It's when she <laughs> unwillingly stopped flirting with him because she didn't remember him. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> when you watch it older, you're like,
0: oh, right? man. When you're like, oh, I would not like my spouse engaging with somebody
2: like this. No. You can argue, but again, you could argue in reverse. That's his moment. He gives that up. What makes him happy to see? What well, I mean, it's his job? A family. But yeah, I, no, but absolutely, yes. i the
0: idea of a guy, if, even even in this world where dead humans become angels for whatever reason, I'm questioning the idea that some guy who's going to go down there and make the moves on a married woman would be in that position to begin with. <laughs> right?
1: I,
3: guess, I got super uncomfortable when he's telling Courtney V. Vance to buy that. Why don't you go in there and buy some lingerie for her? I'm like, ooh, this is really uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't like this. I don't like this. Yeah,
0: I don't, I don't like angels involved in people's sex lives. No.
3: Like, no. It's creepy. It is creepy.
0: Well, then
2: maybe, maybe people should stop saying, oh, God, during sex. By the time.
3: I'll Pervert. say, oh, angel. <laughs> oh, man, I tell you what. That did make me uncomfortable. Okay. Um, any other favorite scenes, favorite, favorite quotes? quotes. <laughs> oh, no. We have a family rating, guys. Any other scenes, quotes, final thoughts before we rank it?
2: Mm. Like I said, I, I I enjoyed this movie, but I'm not like passionate about it. Like I'm not going to go out of, tell people go out of your way and watch it, especially yeah. during the Christmas season when there are 20 million other Christmas movies are much more Christmassy than some.
3: Yep. Yeah. I think coming into this week, I had said many times before, Oh, I love that movie. Preacher's wife. We're doing the preacher's wife. Oh, I love that movie. Um, I'm not sure it's a love that movie anymore. Um, but it's definitely a, if it's on, I'm I'll leave it on, I'll watch it. So feelings changed mm-hmm. over the years.
2: Yeah. I think that's a perfect summation. If it's not, if it's, If it's on, I'll watch it. I won't necessarily change the channel Mm -hmm. to one of 500 Hallmark movies that are essentially the same. (laughs) But, I I mean, I guess what you can also say about it is even Denzel and Whitney, who even a movie that's not their greatest, it's still Denzel and Whitney. You're still going to enjoy spending time with them. Yeah,
3: for sure. Any, any last-minute gripes you want to put in about angel culture,
1: Todd?
0: Uh, there's a lot I could say, but I'll let it go. This, this is not... This stuff annoys me.
2: Probably not my angel.
3: Hashtag not, my, not Hashtag. my angelology. Not my angelology. Is that the word? If is that I die the word? T-
2: if, I, if I die before your time, I'm coming back as a ghost and making a fake halo and just like honking you for the rest of
1: <laughs>
0: He'd <laughs> <laughs> yes, be like, at least you're not calling correct. yourself an angel. <laughs> angelology <laughs> is the correct Angelology. Targets.
2: Angelology.
0: study of angels.
2: Uh, I take issue with that because Three Days told us it's angel metaphysics. Oh my gosh. Keep bringing that movie up. <gasps> I'm just thinking of all the different angels we've covered.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, where are we going to rank this movie then?
2: Hmm. I'll give it a four. I was gonna
3: say a five. I was that I was gonna come in at a four as well.
2: That gives us a four point three three. Nice. Consistency. Which puts it,
1: uh Yeah.
2: We were all on the same page there. It's funny that Tom came in the highest. Yeah.
0: Like I said, <laughs> so, I'm on the positive I mean. For me, it's five, is you know, meh. And so I
2: come in 4.33 puts that number 66 on our list and ties it with one of the more infamous episodes we've done. It is tied with Arthur Christmas and a Christmas Prince. (laughs) Number 66 on it.
3: Oh, I like it more than a
2: Christmas (sighs) Prince. (laughs) All right. Um, Can I say something that we forgot to mention at the beginning of the episode? Yeah, I think it would be we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, because we haven't recorded in two weeks, that the amazing Betty White is no longer with us. Oh, Rest in yeah. peace, Betty White. Wait, what uh, I've been we'll be watching Golden Girls on Hulu, because they're all on Hulu, and I forgot how funny that show was, man. It's been <laughs> so long since I've watched that.
0: I've, been, I've uh, talked about it like for five years to you. I don't know why you forgot.
2: Well, we're covering it in a month because we're doing International Women's Month, right? In February. so all strong women episodes. So.
3: International Women's Month.
2: Yeah. So like we're doing it in February. We talked about this. No, no. Ago. I'm
3: trying to figure out how the Golden Girls fits into International Women's month. No, like I it's Women's, women's month, month. month. I thought oh. Women's Month I thought women's like, month was March it's just
2: international and...
3: women. I gotcha. The holiday itself is
2: international. It's not In-
3: international. Yes. Women. I, I was pre- like, I I'm, very confused. Wait, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> I'm uh, very confused.
2: Wait. Well, Sophia and Dorothy are from Sicily, technically. That's true. So. <laughs> that could be a good argument. I That's
0: just March. misinterpreted. Women's <laughs> month and International Women's Day is March. February is Black History Month.
2: Oh, then we should, probably we should make some changes to then. the schedule. <laughs> probably just the schedule. <laughs> um, and, and Bob Saget the other day. Yeah. Surprisingly not of drugs, which I thought for sure the autopsy would show that. But
3: that problems. is what Marty and I were expecting as well, as happens with so many comedians.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he was so young, 50-something. He was 16. so young.
3: Have you seen... So I love Jimmy Kimmel, which is funny. Jimmy Kimmel is to me the same way Baker Mayfield is to me. I used to hate Baker Mayfield's guts, not just because he was at OU, but because he was a little punk and like can't stand his face. But like he plays for the Browns now and that's Ethan's favorite team. But like he also does those hilarious commercials. And I really like Baker Mayfield now. I don't even know who I am anymore. That's exactly how I feel about um, Jimmy Kimmel. So Jimmy Kimmel used okay. to do that man show and like all that stupid crap. Oh that yeah, you care with about, uh, right? Adam Carolla. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was awful. Yeah, but literally Jimmy Kimmel is like one of the best people on late night television now, and his tributes to people. Like, yeah, he's so funny, but he's so real and he's so heartfelt and his, his tribute and passionate. to Bob
2: Saget made me cry. Me too. And I'm me not, too. And I'm not, like, a big Bob Saget, like, fan. Yeah. Like, I I grew up with him on Full House, obviously, but, like, right. in terms of his comedy and stuff, I wasn't, like, a huge, oh, my God, Bob Saget type right. fan. But, like, the way Jimmy Kimmel talked about him, like, he had me in tears. It was really well, – Because he
3: talked about, like, him as a person. He's like, he's literally Mm -hmm. the best person you'll ever meet. And he used to tell me he loved me all the time. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. So that tribute alone, I mean, that's a tribute if your tribute alone can make you like somebody,
2: you know,
1: more.
3: But, yeah. So, yeah,
2: I just wanted to bring up those deaths because they are such big cultural yeah, pop culture figures that you know we should Makes acknowledge sense. them. So and I don't know that in we'll peace, cover. And Bob I don't Go know that out. we
3: have any Christmas stuff that Sydney portier's is in, but he passed away as well. And then it's just yep. it's been a rough week, Oof. two weeks, three January weeks. 20, stuff January
2: twenty, January twenty twenty two. You know they're just continuing to kick us forward down.
3: That's right. Nope, that was a good call out. Um. For those of you interested in chiming in on any chatter about the preacher's life, uh, tell us we're right, wrong, or otherwise about angel culture or angelology, um, you can do that. Or if
2: you want to chime in about Betty White or Bob Saga or Sydney Pertier,
3: Yep. You can do that on any of our social media sites. Um, Tom, you want to give us the fun link you created where everybody can find it like super, super, super easy? Linktree dot com
0: slash tis the podcast
3: and what about non-christmas stuff people might be interested in
2: nature.com yeah. slash patreon <laughs> no tis the, po- slash tis the podcast and click on patreon
0: yeah the patreon is also available on the link tree so you can click there and get all of our additional content uh i
3: don't
0: i haven't thought about what we're doing for patreon this year i don't know if anthony has but it's probably something we should have a conversation about y'all
3: Yes. We should do the yes. long yeah. Halloween.
2: Yeah, that works. <laughs> Finally,
0: I don't know if I have time oh. for that.
1: <laughs> I <don't No>.
2: am <laughs> um,
0: Long Halloween. Never mind. <laughs> this
2: is um, even
3: better because Tom's picture is frozen, and so it looks been like he's for like
2: forty minutes my perpetually
3: cracking up at everything oh, we, how we happy say.
2: I look, y'all. I know
3: he <laughs> <You laughs> looks super. My
0: my camera covers me, so I don't see me. Uh, hold
2: on. Oh, that's so funny, y'all. I, um... You know, and I do I do want to just throw out there for our listeners as well. We know it's, like, a rough time of year right now. Look at the January. These first two months of the year are always rough for us Christmas lovers, us month lovers. But, you know, we have plenty of... Cool stuff planned for this year. We'll be here for you every week, except for you know, things come up every now and then. But we're pretty good at getting most weeks in the year, except for when people and, decide uh, that
0: their 18th anniversary is important. <laughs>
2: it's all important. And yeah, I'm just you know, I'm looking forward to the podcast and the little family that's spreaded up in our Facebook group, keeping us company and sane throughout especially the first half of the year before the downward slope
1: that's right
3: that's right when we get good stuff we're covering we're covering coming up this year um we've hinted at a few things but if you want to get a head start on next week we are covering christmas in connecticut next week
2: that sounds like an old movie it is it is an old movie Um-huh. And the week after that, to grandmother's house we go, which I can't believe we're in year five, and this is the first time we're co- we're gonna hit it. The Olsen Twins movie. Back I was about to Olsen say movies. Olsen Twins. I hope it's movie. better than
0: a, a double, like their double, double Toil and Trouble one.
2: Uh, with that, we're gonna end this because I don't want to get in a debate with Tom because that movie's uh, amazing, and Coach uh, uh, Leachman is one of the best scary witches out there.
3: <laughs> oh, oh, another soul we lost in twenty twenty one sad um you like ending that on a high note <laughs> you're welcome um y'all do your homework and come chat with us on all the social medias because we miss you and like anthony said it's a hard time these next few months let's just get through and we can get through them together um and we'll be back here next week bye y'all
2: and in 8040 hours Ooh, be a cracker.
3: that's right we have a countdown to do but
2: that's 50 Aww. weeks
3: Forty-eight
0: weeks, Dad. Gum I was just guessing because I don't have it up. <laughs> oh, and I'm going out of order too. That's only three hundred and f- that's only three hundred forty-three days.
2: Thirty-five days,
0: Dad. I can't wait. Care. Okay, I'm just that's 342. only three hundred forty-five days. Forty-two. That's only three hundred forty-two days. No, 300... no, no, no. That's like that's
3: a blank one.
0: Y'all, that's only three hundred forty-something
3: days. <laughs> oh, it's the white one. Three hundred thirty-five oh, days. <laughs> all messed up anyway. Oh, great. It's 48 weeks.
1: Christmas is coming in 11 months, guys. <laughs> Bye. World, the Lord is come. Let her receive her keys. When nature